Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Sports Daily, a weekending edition of Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor, alongside you here. Uh, we are getting you ready for a big weekend, the final weekend of the college hoops regular season. It is the postseason beginning next week, which is wild and crazy, and we love it. Uh, Wichita State playing a game last night. We'll get into that here off the top. We have Brian Haney, the voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, joining us later in this hour. Your calls, 869-1240 is that number. Uh, you can always find Tommy and I, Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castro on Twitter. We're easy to track down. We'll have some giveaways today. A lot of new and exciting stuff for you here on the show, and we are ready to get it going. Tommy, how are you? I'm good. Of course, we're officially in March now, getting ready to wrap up the regular season for college basketball, get into conference tournaments, and then, of course, March Madness right around the corner. So uh, it's going to be fun and, and looking forward to getting into it today. We also have some speculation in the NFL offseason world, a name brand wide receiver that the Chiefs may be interested in. Uh, Vegas has an insight on something because they've been uh, leaning that direction for a long time now. So we'll get into all of it here on the show today. Uh, Tommy, last night with the Shockers, you want to talk about a a betting experience, right? We talked yesterday about Wichita State. How in the world could that line be at 17.5 points where it was when we started the show? Now, right before the game, it moved to 16.5, which is significant because the Shockers lost by 17. So if you got it at 17.5, you were clear. If you took it later, you weren't. But we wondered, like, what? how could that be possible? And then we get news about an hour before tip-off that Jaquan Walton is sick and not playing. And it's like, oh, there it is, right? Like, that's the reason. Because Jaquan Walton went for 20-plus against Houston in the last game that they played and is Wichita State's leading scorer. And, oh, by the way, in a game like we saw last night where free throws, the Shockers couldn't make any, but clearly their strategy in the second half, and it was keeping them in the game, was to, you know, to draw fouls and get to the line. Jaquan Walton would have been pretty significant in that scenario, right? That's what he does. So, you know, that when we saw that come out, an even more overwhelming task seemed impossible. 
But Wichita State, for about 32 minutes, Tommy, was right there with them. Now, I thought the effort was good. Now, it was a 17-point margin. Um, but it didn't seem like a 17-point you know, margin sort of effort for Wichita State. They couldn't hit free throws. They shot just a tick over 50%, which isn't going to cut it against Houston. Uh, Houston, they shot the same number of free throws, Tommy, and Houston made 20 of them. Wichita State made 12. So, you know, that was a significant factor. Obviously, they turned the ball over too much late. Craig Porter got into foul trouble for just a just a second there um, that, that kind of caused some problems. But as we look at it from a bird's-eye view, a 17-point loss never is good. But I didn't think the effort, you know, I, did, I didn't have an issue with the way Wichita State played. Houston's, you know, Houston's just better than Wichita State. Yeah, find me another team, uh, another outcome where you shoot 65% from the field and you lose by 17 points. Like, I I don't know if that, I mean, that's gotta be extremely rare. Uh, I don't think that happens hardly at all. Uh, The shockers, when they were actually getting shots, they shot the ball extremely well uh, in that game. Now, like you mentioned, the free throws kind of doomed them, but they were able to shoot the ball pretty effectively. The issue was the turnovers, you know, and they had 20 turnovers in that game. And uh, if they were able to hang on to the ball a little bit better and continue to shoot from that clip, you would have seen a much closer outcome. So that was disappointing, the fact that they couldn't hang on to the ball uh, the way that they should have in that game. Uh, But you look at the final score, I mean, until about, what, five or six minutes left, it was a eight, nine, ten point margin. And then Wichita State just kind of ran out of gas. So that 17 point margin, it feels to me a lot closer than 17 points at the end of it all. Um, But, you know, regardless, Houston is an incredible program. They're the number one team in America for a reason. They're one of the best teams in the country, and they showed it. Marcus Sasser had a really good game. You know, it was their senior night, and, you know, it it looked like uh, Houston initially they were able to sustain that that first kind of gut punch early on. And Wichita State did kind of what they did the first time around in Wichita, where they got out to a good lead. They they grinded, they hung tough early on. They had a lead early uh, in the first half. It was very, very close at halftime. And then Houston was able to start to pull away and show why they are the number one team in America. But I, I'm with you. I, I felt like the effort was there. Of course, they shot the ball great. You take away those turnovers and you add back in Jaquan Walton, it could have easily been a different outcome. Well, look, I I don't want to sugarcoat a 17 point loss. A 17 point loss is not a good game. Like it's, you know, you lost by 17. That's the worst loss they've had all year by points. Um, But you know, and, and it's not going to help anything, right? It's just realistically without Jaquan Walton, especially Wichita State didn't have enough to win that game. And, yeah. and they didn't have enough gas to even, you know, keep what they had going again for about 32 minutes of that game going until the very end of that game. I, I think that became apparent when we saw Jalen Ricks get significant minutes, right? Like they, they were gassed and they couldn't, they just couldn't, they, they, Houston was just better. Uh, Jerome they, Pierre you know, played the entire game. He didn't come out at all. Played the I, I know. entire so, 40 minutes. So that was, you know, that, and that was a problem. And, you, you know, it is what it is. I just think as we – I think the important thing for us to do, because we've tried to handle this situation very realistically, is I, I kind of don't think that game does anything to you know to, to sway the future of the program. Doesn't help, doesn't hurt, doesn't do anything. Um, did they continue to play at a level that feels satisfactory? Maybe. You know, maybe Houston's just that much better. And, and not that satisfactory is – 
acceptable, but from an effort perspective and from, you know, I don't think there are very many people that watched that game last night and, you know, for 80% of that game didn't feel like Wichita State was playing, you know, within the circumstances well, right? Yeah, they were turning it over too much, but they were playing arguably the best defense in the country on their home floor on senior night. Houston's better than Wichita State. Like, they're more talented. They're more experienced. They're just better, and that's fine. But it wasn't, you know, most of the time, if you looked at a 17-point loss, you'd say, God, we played terrible. And while 20 turnovers were terrible, I don't think that the Shockers played terrible. And and I look, and, and what I, and, and I talk to Shocker fans all the time because I'm fascinated by this right now. Like, what what is the feel? And I do think there is a more vocal portion of the fan base sort of stepping out in support of what this team has, you know, become late in the season. I think there's a lot of Shocker fans that are proud of the way this team's playing, and I think that's important. Um, It's most important when we consider what do the players inside that locker room feel like and what are their future plans? Because I do think, Tommy, that's going to be the deciding factor here. I think if these key guys come back, Isaac Brown gets another year. I think if these key guys leave, he probably doesn't. And, you know, the things that go into that are probably a little too convoluted and complicated for us to understand here. But I do, I am beginning to think because I, that you know, the team's not giving up, the team's playing hard, team's playing well, all these things. It, I, I kind of think it's going to be that simple because we have to look at it realistically. This group, plus Colby Rogers, right, who didn't get to play this year, plus whatever else they can bring in on the portal. Makai Miles it, coming in, the Mississippi High School Player of the Year. Yeah, he's a three-star guy. I wouldn't I wouldn't expect him to contribute much. He's he's a, you know, he's like a top 250 guy, but you know, I would I would not think he's a freshman that comes in and has a big impact. But but transfer guys will. And if those guys come back, we're talking Jaquan Walton, Jaron Pierre, Kenny Poto most notably and and then some others, right? And and they get Rodgers back. That team in the league next year that doesn't include Cincinnati, UCF, or Houston would compete and be in the mix and probably get votes to win the league. So, you know, depending on Memphis, obviously. So that, you know, that is that is on the table and something to think about right now. Now, if Pierre and Poto and Walton enter the portal and leave, at that point, I think you have to have a real honest evaluation and conversation okay we're doing this every year are we going to be good enough to win the league next year because the other reality is for Wichita State in the league minus Houston Cincinnati and UCF you had better be competing to win the league every year at that point there are no more acceptable non-top I mean honestly top three maybe probably top two finishes like then it we're, we're about to enter an era of you know, the late years of the Valley, right? It's going to be a, a league where with Memphis, you're expected to win it or or be right there every single year. And think about the context of the conference as a whole when you lose Cincinnati and Houston and UCF next season. The overall stature of the conference drops down, which means it makes it more difficult Big to get time. an at-large bid, right? And so if the Shockers, if the goal should be, and I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that it should be, but if the goal is to go to the NCAA tournament every year, then 
and they're playing in a weaker conference starting next season with the loss of Houston and Cincinnati and UCF, then they're going to have to win the league and they're going to have to win. You know, they're going to have to be in that top echelon of the league if they want to get a look at an NCAA tournament bid outside of the automatic qualifier. Uh, and, and so that's going to make it a little bit more difficult where, you know, the expectations, I think, uh, will will, I think, rightly be raised in this new American conference starting next season. I, I, I think that right now, with the talent level and the teams that are in the American and the way that Wichita State has had to rebuild the program, um, you know, they, they, they were picked, what, seventh in the preseason rankings in the American. Okay, like I, I, I was able to wrap my head around why they were sixth. Right. I was able to wrap my head at the time around why they were picked seventh in the preseason rankings. And then, of course, like you mentioned, they're probably going to finish sixth in the conference. That's not going to fly starting next season. So I do think, though, that right now, the way it stands for Wichita State, I would be okay with giving Isaac Brown another season in the new look American assuming that you've got these returners coming back, bringing in Colby Rogers and then seeing what the transfer portal can give you. And then with the expectation that, all right, this next year is the year you've got to compete for an American conference championship because the league is weaker and we got to get back to the NCAA tournament. And then on top of it, the financial implications, you know, Isaac Brown, we've talked about it before coaches another year. There's not a buyout in you know May of 2024. At that point, it goes away, and so I think that I think it's pragmatic and practical uh, to give Isaac Brown another year at this point. That's at least where I would lean to right now. Yeah, I I don't I I'm I'm fine either way. Honestly, like I get it either way. I get it. I don't think there is a. I, I guess where I would differ from the biggest dissenters is I don't think there's an obvious answer. There are a lot of people who think there is an obvious answer, and that's to move forward with somebody else. I don't think that that answer is obvious. I just don't. Um, and you know, I, I but I don't also don't think it's obvious the other direction because that sixth place finish in this league is not acceptable. And they had a bad year last year too. And so you know, the reality is, while this team is playing better, there is no real argument against that. They haven't won enough games. And, you know, some of those disappointing losses early loom large because we we know that this team, it's sort of a double-edged sword, Tommy. Like, it's a good thing that this team is, you know, far more talented than we thought it was going to be. That's a great thing. But it's a bad thing that that far more talented team is, you know, probably going to be at 500 this year. Those, the, the, neither, you know, the, that's a good and a bad. And so... I, I think that we just we just watch. We just see what happens after the season. We see what kind of, you know, noise they might be able to make in the conference tournament. And then you and then you can evaluate it at that point. Because I, I don't think there's an easy solution. And I do have a a large fear of if you move on what you're able to get. I do. It I it took Mark Turgeon six years to get this team to the tournament, and that was playing in the Valley. It took Greg Marshall three, um, and, and obviously then they had the run that they've had and, and all the great success. So, you know, I, I just it, I have such a hard time with it. I do. And it's and not it's, just – by the way, it's not just 
who you could get as a coach. It's who that new coach is going to be able to get as far as players are concerned. Because at that, that point, you've got a coach that, you know, a new coach coming in that maybe doesn't have, you know, that they don't have the, the relationship with the current players. And then you might have more transfers out. Who knows who they're going to be able to get at that point. And then, you know, so I do think that you're looking at basically a, a clean slate. And I'm not sure that that's going to be a better option for Wichita State next season. Right. I mean, that is the most important thing if you move on is what kind of players you're going to get. Andy joins us, uh, 869-1240 on the hotline. Andy, what's on your mind? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Hope you're doing well. Just a couple comments on Wichita State and then maybe to the, the coaching situation moving forward. But, I mean, watching that game last night, you, you can't, as weird as it is to say, you can't look any better in a 17-point loss. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shot they sh- they shot lights out first quarter or the first half where the numbers were insane but at the end of the game the shooting numbers were still really good two point uh percentage was above 60% and i think their uh their threes were at 50% at the end of the game obviously what killed them was 20 turnovers i mean you just you just can't do it but um and then the 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 foul by Craig Porter, the fourth foul, which was a little bit ticky tacky, but I mean he's got to yeah. play smarter than that. That that was the downfall as soon as that that foul took place. But I mean, again, at the end of the day, they've played what is now the number one team in the nation twice, and for probably seventy five percent of that time they've played in those two games, they've held their own. So I mean, that, there's something to be said there. And, and then kind of moving forward a little bit to the, the coaching situation, I don't know what more is the statement of a, a good coach than the team getting better as the season progresses, which is exactly what Wichita State's doing. I think that Isaac Brown, and I don't know how much of this is on his shoulders and how much is with the athletic department, but from what I hear, I don't think Wichita State handled the NIL situation very well uh, when it first came out. And I think that's probably what led to a lot of those transfers uh, that left Isaac Brown where he was with this totally new rock. I mean, I just, I think the heat on Isaac Brown is, I think it's unfounded actually. So. Yeah. And, and we appreciate the call, Andy. And again, Tommy, Andy represents a portion of the fan base. I think that has not obviously has not been as vocal, but that is starting to become so. Because I, I think that there is a large portion of the fan base that is proud of the way this team has played, uh, that is willing to acknowledge, you know, the good that's happened this year. Because, listen, the reality is on March 3rd, it feels a lot different than it did on December 3rd or January sure. 3rd. I mean, this team has gotten better. And, and what's trans- funny, though— is that the the I'm sorry, but the record doesn't really indicate that. If you just looked at the record, I, I know at face know. value, it doesn't indicate that. But if you actually are sitting down and watching these games, the style of the way that they're playing and the effort and and the way that they're shooting the basketball, the way that the team has started to gel a little bit more, yeah, they certainly have deficiencies. We're not going to sit here and sugarcoat it and say, oh, they're a great team because I think the record would indicate that if they were a much better team. But they certainly have improved, and I I fully agree with Andy that's the the mark of a good team when you can be consistently improving I think they're doing that well and and again we don't need to sugarcoat anything yes they're improving but that also amplifies the fact that they have lost games and and where they shouldn't have lost games and so it it is this double-edged thing like early in the year 
we probably didn't expect them to win some of the games that they were losing. Now we expect them to win the games they have lost recently, with the exception of the two games against Houston and the game against Memphis. I I I I firmly believe, Tommy, that this is just you know ability and talent wise. I think I'm to the point now where I think this is the third best in this league, right? And they're going to finish sixth. I also feel like, too, we're at a point where why would you want to punt at this point? Why, like, I understand the the loud mob with the pitchforks. I get that. But why, when when you're seeing a clear improvement path, why are you, why would you want to punt at this point? Because, because for a lot of people, last year was unacceptable too, and they haven't seen enough improvement. And for a lot of people, Tommy, it wouldn't have mattered what happened this year or the rest of the year. They were going to want that change. There's a lot of people that wanted the change from day one that will never accept it. So, I mean, those, those voices are there too. Let's go to Jeff on the line, wants to talk about Wichita State. Jeff, welcome into Sports Daily. Morning, Morning guys. Hope you're doing well. Um, yeah, you too. Why would, we, why would Wichita State want to punt? Well, it's all about, this is the business. You guys are forgetting yeah. one aspect of this. This is a business, and there's no butts in the seats. Season ticket holders aren't there. They lost a lot, a lot of sales. The revenue numbers have got to be appalling as far as coming from the arena, and that's a problem. And you got to look no further than Manhattan. I mean, they had that problem. Bruce Weber wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't a terrible coach. But look what they've changed into, and now look, they've got sold-out arena and people having fun in the arena and selling things that are bringing in a lot of money. WSU's got to look hard at that and think, this isn't working. And if they can't sell tickets, you got to change. I mean, yeah, look, I, I, you're 100% right. But at the same time, you got to look across college basketball. And Manhattan's a good example of, you know, the best-case scenario. I would love for – Wichita State to make a hire and next year be a two seed in the NCAA tournament. That's probably an unrealistic expectation. A coach like Jerome Tang is not going to come to Wichita State, right? A guy who's been an assistant at Baylor for 20 years waiting to pick his spot is not going to pick Wichita State in next year's American Athletic Conference. It's not going to happen. So, and, and I'm asking this honestly, Jeff, because I'm curious. Like, if you want the change, and I think that you do, Based on what you just said, um, well, and, and we and we lost Jeff, and we appreciate Jeff's call because it's it's it, it both of these opinions are very critical. But if you want the change to happen, who are you going to get to come in? Because yeah, Jerome Tang's been a tremendous success story. Jerome Tang's been waiting two decades to pick the right spot, and that's the spot he picked. Yeah, that that that's not going to happen for Wichita State. I'm sorry, Shocker fans, but if you think you're going to go hire a Jerome Tang. It, it, that is such an unrealistic expectation. It, it's never happened for the program. The program has never made the that kind of hire to have that kind of immediate success. The two most successful guys in recent history took six and three years just to get to the NCAA tournament. Okay, like you, you, you're not going to find that. Now, I'm not saying that you can't be better. Of course you can. And I'm not saying you don't make the change. Again, I don't know yet. I want to see what happens with these players who I happen to think are pretty talented. But to say that Manhattan is selling out arenas now, they made the perfect hire. And that is a job that people will strive for because they play in the Big 12. That's not the case playing in the American, and especially not the watered-down American that's coming— 
And by the way, attendance is down across college basketball everywhere except the Big 12. I think the other thing to keep in mind is that what with what happened in Manhattan, that's a great story, a great success story of a new coach and transfers, and it all works immediately. It's like catching lightning in a bottle. And I, I'm, I'm saying right now, if you make a change, you move away from Isaac Brown, get ready to wipe the slate clean again and start from scratch again. Well, you We're will. not going to be and talking about a next season. Right. We're not going to be talking about a next season, a huge, massive turnaround with a new coach and new players at Wichita State. There's going to be more growing pains if you make well, a change. I'm not I, suggesting I, that Isaac Brown is the long-term forever guy, but I think you have to continue to build on the progress that we have clearly seen seen so far this season yeah and again I'm not ready to make a statement either way I will say in the transfer era yeah you could find immediate success that's I mean we see it all the time but man it's risky man it's risky and and you just better be careful what you wish for because if it goes sideways it can get worse look across the American all the new coaches that come in that struggle it happens all the time Compare it to the other teams in the American. Don't compare it to a Big 12 school who who made the, you know, who had one of the hottest candidates for the last five or six years. 869-1240. We're going to talk KU basketball with the voice of the Jayhawks. Brian Haney joining us next on Sports Daily. Daily getting all the inside information on the Kansas Jayhawks. Let's go now to the voice of KU, Brian Haney. All right, welcome back, everybody. Brian Haney joining us on a Friday this week. Always appreciate uh, the chats with the voice of the Jayhawks. Brian, we now know maybe it was worth the wait because KU is the outright Big 12 regular season champion, and in a year like this, that's as good as any, I think, under Bill Self. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's the best the conference has ever been. And we've been saying that for several years now, but this year really does trump anything else that we've had in the last you know, 27 years in this league in terms of parity and the strength top through the middle all the way to the bottom. Uh, if our last place team beat Alabama by 24, it's a pretty good league. Uh, so it's, it's just, again, a testament to what an incredible job he continues to do and how, without a shadow of doubt in my mind, we've got the best coach in college basketball today. Many felt that. When Roy and Jay Wright and Coach K all retired in a 18-month span, but uh, I think it, it's just punctuated even more when he goes out through the toughest conference in America this season, has to replace 75% of his scoring from a year ago, uh, including two NBA first-round picks, and, and finds a way to win the toughest league in the country again uh, with essentially, you know, a silly game to go. So. Excited to see what Saturday looks like. I think we'll still play hard uh, because we're still playing for the number one overall national seed. But just to pause for a few days and reflect on what an amazing run this has been and uh, a run that nobody knew in September the league was going to be as good as it was, but but nobody knew that Kansas would, would find a way to, to round into form and, and be as good as we've been as now the pick of many to, to maybe be the odds-on favorite to repeat as national champs when you look at the other projected ones and that again just makes you want to raise a glass or tip your cap or whatever to the hall of fame head coach what an incredible job he's done and i hope kansas fans appreciate you know just how sensational this stretch has been of 17 big 12 titles in a 20-year period you'll never see it again you know he's not going to coach forever and who knows five ten years from now we might be in a conference that has 20 teams in it so 
appreciate this while you can and, and really understand just how truly set apart and different it actually is. Brian, dialing in a little bit on the the fact that KU replaced all of this production from the national championship team a year ago. I don't have any stats on this. I haven't done any research, but I would suspect that a lot of the teams that have back-to-back national championships are teams that didn't replace a lot of production from year one to year two when they go back to back. And so if Kansas can accomplish this feat and, you know, who knows the way that the the draw will look for Kansas in the tournament and all of that, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but talk a little bit about how remarkable in your mind that would be if they're able to get a back to back national championship done with the fact that they've replaced 75% of the production from a year ago. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I'd have to go back and look at, at Florida's roster in uh, 07, uh, you know, the 06-07 team that defended the 06 title. I'm, I'm pretty sure they had most of the key pieces like Corey Brewer and, and Joe Kim Noah and all that. I mean, this is a Kansas team that lost Abaji, Brown, McCormick should have been the Final Four MOP. Remy Martin was the best sixth man in the whole tournament. I mean, that's that's four really huge pieces right there. And you come back with your point guard returning and, and a guy that nearly left as well in Jalen Wilson, but had never been an alpha dog type player. And yet Jalen had the blueprint in front of him of, of what you can accomplish if you go through the pre-draft process, find out what you need to work on, get back in the gym and work your tail off, and, and then do what Ochai Abaji did. And, and that's exactly what Jalen's done to this point. So... Really proud of him, but see the way Bill Self has made the pieces work with Kevin McCuller coming in and Grady Dick obviously has been incredible. But beyond that, you know, it hasn't quite come together the way we envisioned it. MJ Rice never really became a part of this rotation because of all the time he missed in November and December. Ernest Uday hasn't missed a shot in Big 12 play, but it's probably taken on a much smaller role than what most would have forecast. Nobody saw K.J. Adams starting at the five all season and becoming one of the most improved players in college basketball. And nobody, I think if you would have told them that the Kansas bench would be this, how do I phrase it, just unpredictable and, and honestly not that productive. This is not a deep team, guys, in terms of like steady, you can count on it night in, night out production. I don't think many would have been predicting Kansas to win the Big 12, let alone be a possible number one overall national seed. But again, that goes to the coaching job Bill Self has done. It goes to, you know, having players like McCuller and Dick step in and, and fit your profile right away and, and be a part of the culture here instantaneously. And I hope that we see the bench, you know, have a little bit steadier of contribution. Certainly Joe Yesifu has had his moments and, and Ernest clearly shows you the upside when he gets a chance to, but uh, to see what they've done, when you lost everything we just described and then really don't have the depth that even, say, a Texas has. Bill Self said yesterday is the best team in the Big 12 if you go one through nine on a roster. So uh, it, it's even more impressive that we're talking about Kansas as a 25-win team that, that has a chance to win 30 wins yet again and and a team that, that could go to uh, you know Houston as, as a strong a chance to win the title as any should they make it there. So... It's incredible to see what he's done, and hopefully the best chapters on this season have yet to be written. Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks, joining us here. I want to talk about the league for a second. The Big 12 put this out, I don't know, about a week ago. 
that you know the Big 12 is by a pretty healthy margin leading the country in attendance per game at 75%. And it tails off, you know, the Big 10 and the Big East and the ACC are around 65%, the SEC just a little over half and the Pac-12 at a third. Are you seeing a trend across college basketball? And we ask your perspective here because we hear a lot right now in our world for Wichita State that, oh, there's not butts in the seats and that's a problem. Do you think that this is a bigger problem, obviously outside of the Big 12 in college basketball right now? Interesting. I know it was a problem a few years ago. And by the way, I'm sorry. Somebody rang my doorbell. My dog's going absolutely berserk right now. Um, <laughs> I, I know it was a problem a few years ago around the pandemic when, you know, times were tighter and once sports returned, you know, what was your entertainment dollar going toward? I know the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, it had an effect on the Oklahoma and OSU attendance because you had a pro franchise right down the street and and folks had to choose. Do I take option A or option B? And obviously with all the coverage you have now with, with your favorite team on some platform of television, every single night, some folks are opting to stay at home just as you're seeing in the NFL, but uh, the NFL is struggling for attendance. It's just, you have people that that make the decision, Hey, I'd, I'd rather watch it from the comfy confines of my own house. It's tough for me to answer that question, guys, because, when Kansas goes on the road, and I don't mean this braggadociously, it's just a fact that it's usually the other team's number one home court game in terms of ticket sales, fan attendance, butts in seats, all of that. And so I don't get to see it as much as I did when I was at Texas Tech. And you go on the road and, and places like Bramlage Coliseum would be more than half empty, quite frankly. And so uh, it's a situation where, uh, I, I think that, you know, for Kansas, we, we always bring out the best in terms of attendance, but you don't see that consistently uh, with other matchups, other teams across the league and across the country. So uh, I, I would think that the, the economic times probably have something to do with it. The enhanced TV coverage has something to do with it. But we're really fortunate that we have such a competitive league and we have such passionate fan bases. That would get shaken up a little bit with the four new schools coming in. It'll be interesting to see the new dynamic because – travel to some of these games is not going to be nearly as easy as it has been for the last 60 years. You know, when you start talking about adding trips to Orlando and Provo and places like that, but uh, you know what? We, we still see the occasional smattering of West Virginia fans that come down with field house and vice versa. Hopefully we'll eventually start to see that with some of these new big 12 locales, but thankfully we've got a conference that supports its basketball, but I can certainly understand why that would not be the case around the rest of the country. Brian, when we look ahead to the Big 12 tournament, I don't want to skip this weekend, but we'll kind of skip this weekend and and look ahead. Um, How important is this tournament this year to a Kansas team that almost certainly will be a one seed no matter what happens the rest of the way? Well, I think to answer that question, we can't skip Saturday. Because to me, Saturday will do more for you if you win that game than any one game in Kansas City could, and maybe more than any two games in Kansas City could. I'm not going to sit here and say that if we win on Saturday, uh, that you know we've already got the number one overall national seed and the Kansas City region locked up, but it would be hard to imagine a scenario where any resume comes close to Kansas's if you tacked on one more top ten road win on top of what's already 
15 quad one wins, four more than the next best team on the list, which is Baylor with 11. And now you'd be adding a road top 10 victory. Uh, To me, gosh, it it almost makes you feel like no matter what happens in Kansas City, unless you just looked awful in your Thursday quarterfinal game, you'd be the one of ones. And you'd have the choice because the number one overall national seed gets to pick its region. You'd have the choice of picking where you want to play in terms of the region. Now, we, we know it's almost a lock that Kansas will be in Des Moines the first and second rounds, and should they make it out of those two rounds, your options are Vegas, New York, Louisville, or Kansas City, and the obvious choice would be Kansas City. So that's what I think Saturday is what you're playing for. In terms of next week, um, you know, if, if Kansas makes it to the championship game, I, I think they're they're absolutely right there with – Houston and Alabama for the number one overall national seed before we even know what happens in those respective conference tournaments. Our league is just so much tougher. Our league is just so much more reputable and Kansas just won it outright. So to me, um, you know, unless I'm missing something in terms of the metrics that we're judging this thing by, and I know we're not as high uh, as, as some in the net still in the top five though, but strength of schedule, quad one wins, all of that, it's Kansas. And they didn't have to share the league this year with anybody despite how competitive it was and despite people like Kim Palm forecasting that there might be four co-champions at 11 and seven each. No, it's Kansas. They ran away with it. And if they win on Saturday and, and you have a exclamation point on the end of that, you're, you're number one in the big 12 with a bullet. I think you should be number one in the nation with a bullet. So here's hoping that, you know, they went on Saturday and, and play to at least Friday in uh, Kansas city next week. Cause my mind, if you do that, there's a good chance you'll be right back in Kansas City two weeks later if you're still dancing. All right, Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. we got to let you go, Brian. We will talk again before the start of the Big 12 tournament. Rest easy between now and then. That's right. Big thanks to my friends at the Mattress Hub. Don't get a ton of sleep this time of year, and don't get to sleep a ton in my own bed. But when I am, I savor those great nights of rest because it's restorative to my back and my entire body on the new purple mattress that I got in the last year from my friends at the Mattress Hub. Wichita owned and operated. The company is Midwest-wide now, but it began right there in Wichita by some of Wichita's very best. So check them out today at their Mattress Hub website. Experience the great customer service and deals that I have as well at the Mattress Hub. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great weekend. There goes Brian Haney, voice of the Kansas Jayhawks. Always appreciate those visits. If you joined us late, need to go back and listen, kfhradio.com or the free Odyssey app. Hey, we've got an early showing, a sneak peek of the movie Shazam! Fury of the Gods. You can get your hands on four tickets to see it at Boulevard Town West Theaters. Uh, That'll be Thursday at 7 o'clock. We've got four tickets to give away right now, so... Check it out. Shazam! Fury of the Gods. We'll do that to our first caller during the break here. Jad will get that taken care of. We'll be back again. Shazam! Fury of the Gods. Four tickets. A sneak peek on Thursday. Caller number one. Tommy and I will be back with more Sports Daily.
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Want to hear this? Sports Daily is on KFH. Back everybody, Sports Daily on KFH. Congratulations to Jeff for winning those movie tickets. We'll have another giveaway in the next hour as well. Our appreciation to Brian Haney for jumping in on a Friday. Uh, we're talking shockers here, Tommy. We can continue that conversation as we make our way through the show. And we're getting some uh, movement and other you know developments in the conference realignment stories. Um, basically, Stuart Mandel of The Athletic reporting here that you know if – the Pac-12 can't deliver a comparable or better TV deal than what the Big 12 currently has. March may be the month where the Big 12 strikes. Now, in that, Tommy, there are projections that the Pac-12 will be able to match the Big 12's deal. So there's a lot to be said here and a lot to be determined. We'll see because a lot of the suitors from other reports that we're seeing seem to be out on the Pac-12. So if they can get it matched, then yeah, but if they can't, we're continuing to see Brett Yarmark be incredibly aggressive here in trying to go get those four schools we've been talking about since the very beginning of all this when USC and UCLA left, the two Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, to get into that Western time zone. This will be very interesting. And it really all that, you know, it, it you know, the Pac 12 commissioner here, Klyvakov, it's balls in his court. He either delivers a, a good TV deal or it sounds like. They're teams that'll be willing to go. And, you know, that's sort of what we heard Baylor's athletic director hinting at uh, earlier this week. So there's a lot there. We can get more into that in the next hour. When we come back, we'll try to continue or maybe finish for the day our conversation on the Shockers. Callers have been great on that, 869-1240. We want to hear from everybody. You know, the the biggest critics, we want to hear from you. The biggest proponents, we want to hear from you. Because I, 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 I'm just sort of sitting here waiting to see the rest of the season. I know a lot of minds have been made up. We want to know why. We're trying to get a good grasp of this thing. 869-1240. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, Sports Daily, hour number two, coming up right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.